145, quantization. Psalms 47. All ye nations, clap your hands, shout out to God in celebration for the sovereign Lord is awe-inspiring. He is a great king who rules over the whole earth. He subdued nations beneath us and countries underneath our feet. He picked us out a special land to be a source of pride for Jacob whom he loves. God has ascended his throne amid loud shouts. The Lord has ascended the throne amid the blaring of the ram's horn. Sing to God, sing. Sing to our king, sing. For God is the king of the whole earth. Sing a well-written song. God reigns over the nations. God sits on his holy throne. The nobles of the nations assemble along with the people of the God of Abraham. For God has authority over all the rulers of the earth. Lord, you're highly exalted. We exalt the Lord. We exalt the Lord. Amen.
Hey, something's going on. We're just trying to navigate what what we're experiencing up here. It's like, it's all right. Yeah. <laughs> what is this? I know. It's interesting. All right. Well, we're going to, um, yeah, track this down. It's all good. Yep.
so I'm going to uh, just say what the word is saying to me. Um, it's like this, it's like this, um, like this pause comes in, like something's coming out of the side, and the Holy Spirit speaks to me and says, I'm coming out of the side. Um, and there's, there's a couple places in the text that speaks of this, but it's, I'm coming out of the side of the north. Uh, um, I, I, we started the event with Psalms 47. I'm going to read it again, but where this is at is in Psalms 48 too. And um, there's a passage in Ezekiel 47. There is a passage in, um, I think it's Isaiah 14, 13, where the, uh, our enemy tries to set up a place on the side of the north um, to give like a context for what um, what may be happening right now. Like, okay, so I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go back to Psalms 47 and I'll pick up Psalms 48. We'll clap your hands, all you people. Shout to the God. A shout to God with a voice of triumph. A shout to the Lord with a voice of triumph for the Lord. Most high, he's awesome. He is the great king over all the earth. He will subdue the people under us and the nations under our feet. He will choose our inheritance for us. The excellence of Jacob, the excellence of Jacob whom he loved. God is gone up, rising up, gone up with a shout. With a shout, a shout of triumph. Let's have everybody, if you can or want to, to stand up. God's gone up with a shout, the Lord with the sound of the trumpet. Sing praises to the God. Sing praises to the God. Sing praises to the Lord. Sing praises to the Lord, the God of all of Israel. For God is the King, the King of all the earth. Sing praises with understanding. God reigns over the nations and God sits on his holy throne. The princes of his people have gathered together. The princes, the people of the God, the God of Abraham, for the shields of the earth belong to the Lord. I say greatly, great are you to be praised, Lord, great in his house. Praise the Lord, you saints. Praise the Lord. You're the Lord, high and lifted up. Your train fills the temple. Praise the Lord.
show up. Any infirmity, if you have an infirmity, I want you to come forward. It's going to pray over you because I, I can't proceed and go forward with the word unless he deals with the infirmities. Any infirmities or diseases or problems in the human body, uh, any kind of limitation, anything that you would feel is bringing you a limitation in your mind or anything, we just want to pray over you before we ascend because we're going on up. And if you're led by the Lord just to pray for anyone that's coming forward, just to pray about any disease, any infirmity, any problem. We just want to clear the air. We're headed up. On the wings of angels, on the wings of the wind. I ask you, Lord, right now in this place, and outside this place for every sickness, disease, in the name of Jesus, be healed. By the blood of the Lamb, be healed. Every disease, every infirmity. Sin that just so easily beset us every weight. Cast off every weight. Cast off every sickness, every disease. Every trouble, every problem, everything that could be weighing you down. Cast it to the Lord. Cast all your cares on Him, for He cares for you.
Now, hear this, hear this. This uh, infirmity, disease, concepts of problems, the Lord's telling it, saying, to say this to you. There are perception-based uh, that are not to have any permanence in you. They're, 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 based in, they're based in perception. Even like he's saying, I'm just going to say things like he's saying to me, even platted like platitudes of perception that have no permanence. In the realm of the eternal, there is no disease and there is no sickness in him. It's, it's fixing on something that's been said that is locking in on your mind. And it, has, it has no place with you. And it will not serve its purpose. It will not be fulfilled in its purpose that has been um, come against you. This is not the place for those purpose of those so-called platitudes of um, positional whatever. They're not meant to be with you and they're not about you and you cannot receive them. They're trying to put something on you, a perspective on you that is, does not come from the Lord. And so... Uh, what, what we do is we just come out of agreement with them. But I would not agree with it. Now, I would not agree and, and put some kind of thing on myself. I don't agree with it. I break agreement. I break agreement with any kind of thing like this in my life that I have um, meditated on is try to get my, into a meditative state to believe something that is not actually the truth. And it tries to manifest itself in the material realm, but out of the immaterial, immaterial in the, into the heavens. This is not the reality of Christ in you, the hope of glory. And so I don't receive it. I just push it away. I'm not going to buy into this uh, mantra that comes into my mind that tries to pervade onto my consciousness that is not from the Lord. Yeah, I, I disagree. I disagree with infirmity. I disagree with lack. I disagree with sickness. I disagree with. I disagree with troubles like this. I can walk in the heavens. Walk above. Walk out like Abraham did of old. Walk above. Walk above the snake line. Walk above the thorn line. This will not dictate my life. I will not be dictated and I will not receive this mantra in my life. I receive the fullness of Christ in me. Ooh, immortality, immortal life. Life, light flashing out of your being. Oh, yes, Lord. Yes, yes. We're agreeing. We can ascend. Agree with the word of the Lord. Cast off, cast off every sin and sickness and every disease and everything that would withhold us. Rise. Rise up into the heavens. Mm, 
Great is the Lord. Greatly to be praised in the city of our God, in his holy mountain, beautiful in elevation, the joy of the earth, Mount Zion on the sides of the north, the city of the great king, God in her palaces. He's known as a refuge in time of trouble. Behold, the kings assemble, pass by together. They see it and they marvel and troubled. Fear not, fear not. As a woman is in birth pains, break the ships of Tarsus from the east wind. As we have heard, so we have seen, so is the Lord of hosts in the city of our God. God, establish your throne here on the earth forever. with us, Lord.
Psalms 48, verse 9. We have thought, O God, on your loving kindness in the midst of your temple. According to your name, O God, so is your praise to the ends of the earth. Your right hand is full of righteousness. Let Mount Zion rejoice. Let the daughters of Judah be glad because of your judgments. Walk about Zion. Go all around her and count her towers. Mark well her bulwarks. Consider her palaces that you may tell it to the generation following. For this is God, our God forever and ever. He will be our guide even to the death.
Amen. Let's turn to Isaiah chapter 14, verse uh, 13 through 14, and I'm going to debrief this worship set, and then um, when we came in this morning, before we came in, the Holy Spirit spoke to me, he said, I've made an invitation, making an invitation to ascend up uh, into the heavens with me and come up, and so, yes, Lord, and and it, I want you to come up uh, into the stars. Actually, I want you to come in above the stars. And so uh, we are. We, we go through the process. We're here in the worship, and then you know, he's like, you clear the atmosphere for the infirmity and sickness and things because uh, it can be a real impediment for ascent. And so we uh, we climb out of that, and we we start climbing up because. The Lord has said, I'm going to come out of the side of the north and um, interact with with you. And thank you for being patient with me. I was trying to assess the situation. We got up there, and then, I mean, I'm sure you can feel the bump. And I'm, I'm sure you can feel we're like climbing, 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 and then we're like, uh, there's like this whammy thing up there. <laughs> there's been numerous times in these events that, just to break this down really fast, there's dimensions of one through four, X, Y, Z, in your time and, and time. And in these events, we move out of the four-dimensional space-time and we move into through a fifth-dimensional, like, let's say, through the fifth dimension. And... And if you want to think of it like this, it would be like entering into the um, the uh, holy place. Um, and so we cross through that uh, barrier, and we've got pretty effective as a as a people here at Collider of really uh, not spending a long time in the outer court. We just pop on, and some of you are already ready before you get here, you know. And so we're just we just go across that, and that's where the sickness disease thing needs to be answered to is when we're crossing through. It's really important for you to when you come into the collider. You don't have. To, I'm not telling you have to do this, but that you prepare yourself, that you're seasoned and ready to go before you even come in here, because um, so we can move corporately together. And I think, for the most part, that's the case in here. But some things will weigh us down. The Lord loves us all and delights in us, and we go through stuff, and it's okay. Uh, we go through that place, and we did. And then, we, you know, we start ascending into what's the six through 12 dimensions. They're called the royal dimension. And uh, you want to interact outside of fifth dimension into the six through 12 dimensions because that's where uh, the Lord works in his work of sanctification to do, you know, to put implements of his self into your nature and character in those places. And uh, you, you heard me last week say that there are six aspects of priesthood, and the seventh is high priesthood, and then after you begin to climb into what is called the royal, you know, you're going into the royal priesthood. And so there's a train environment, but also 
a environment for you to receive the very nature of God in that dimensional space. And I, I don't know, you know, I don't, I don't know how I don't see little numbers over y'all's heads or something. Oh, Tom over there, he's in the 14th dimension. What dimension is that? Or, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know if someone's in two or three. I don't, I don't know, but I can generally speak in the words like, if I have like 65%, I'm going, you know, he'll, he'll take the whole us up. And he's looking for like a, a quality of believing him corporately. And then we'll just, we'll go, we go with him together. But there's, there's a place outside the 12th dimension called the Olam. And that's, that means the everlasting or the eternal. I've had the privilege of interacting with the Lord out there or up there. And sometimes you'll see me act a little strange up here. I'm trying to get myself together. Uh, but once you breach outside the 12th dimension into the Olam or the everlasting, um, when you go out, out there, it's very electrifying. And it's hesed. It's, there's so much love, and the loving kindness of the Lord is there because he's, he created everything, and he's, he sits outside of everything. Uh, the dimensions are created. They're not God. You know, he's uncreated. So out in the everlasting, this beautiful nature of the Lord comes. And for me, what I've experienced up here is that we're effectively as a collider team cross, and we cross through um, electrical impulse and electrical impulse uh, probably like more than 30 times. I, I have been in the presence of the Lord a lot. I've seen the power of God operate. I've been out of body. I've seen the angels work with demons, all that stuff. This is characteristically different to another difference, something I've never experienced except in the, since we started X2M 111. It's been phenomenal. And then this last week, he's like, I want to start to train to develop out in the alum and out in the everlasting and so it's unfamiliar territory, <laughs> uh, just say. But out there, I believe, is in that place that we have access to because of the blood of Jesus. We're out there even above that where he's enthroned uh, sitting with the Lord, uh, the Father, um, that when we see him, we will be like him because we'll see him as he is. Let me say this, cosmology is directly correlated to soteriology. Because some people, and I'll explain, some people think, well, why would you be interested in the cosmic realm of ascension? What has that got to do with anything? But it is a direct correlation. The cosmic realm in God is a direct correlation to a sanctification. And so there, there's reciprocity there. You want to engage in that environment. And, and, um, and for years, it has uh, taken 20 years in our journey to rise uh, in partnership with the Lord through adversity, hardship, trial, problems, brokenness, circumstances of uh, going up. And then the Lord sets up, he'll set up your situation and your trials to train you in righteousness, to give you his nature, and then set you up so that you can, you can rise. The book I'm working on right now is uh, called Rise of Clasternaut. It's a, like a portmanteau. It's, it took clown because Kara wanted to be a clown growing up, and I want to be an astronaut, and we put them together. And she's way funny. She's a, she's a, I don't think she's in here, but she's a really great sense of humor. And so, but because the idea is, is that 
that we as the church or a lot of the church has spent a lot of time on the death of the Lord. Far fewer of the church has spent time on the burial of the Lord. Even fewer have really believed in the resurrection of the Lord. But there is a small minority of the church, I would say less than 10%, maybe even 5% that have got into uh, the ascension of the Lord. And um, that's what I'm particularly working with with you today. And I just want to clarify that, that uh, the language of this house may seem odd uh, to some, but it has, there's a whole pattern of ascension and human development uh, that we can um, interact with with the Lord. And then out in the Olam, and, or what the Lord is uh, looking to bring forth is a, is a star child, or in, in Revelation 12, it's called a man-child. It's a corporate company of God's people who have become so much like him because they begin to behold him and see him as he is. And the uh, great one, the majestic, the majestic. And so let's be clear about what's going on in these events. That is what is going on every week and their uh, titled events. Okay, today I, in this, I say, Lord, what's going on? And I was like trying to find... Where has this been before? Because uh, Dr. Victory, this week, he said, Hey, Carol, I want you to hear a message, Gus. I want you to hear a message from um, Bill Johnson. And Bill Johnson did a message this last week, and it is, uh, Wisdom Has No Adversaries. And uh, his main thesis point, so we can snapshot into it, because that's not my task today, but I'd recommend that you listen to it. It's a very good uh, message if you haven't heard it. The wisdom has no adversaries, but I think his, his main point, because what's going to happen is Solomon is going to succeed the throne, and he's going to go want to talk to his daddy's buddy, Hiram, king of Tyre. And he goes to Hiram and because he needs equipment and supplies to build the temple that his daddy couldn't build, uh, David. And uh, he wants to engage in temple construction, and so he needs... Uh, material and supply to build the temple. He has, you know, multiple billions of dollars in the uh, treasury uh, to partake in and uh, for construction. And something that's interesting that Solomon says, and I'm going to paraphrase, but he, he, he says basically, the Lord has given me rest and I have peace on every side. Um, I have no adversary. And literally, in, when you read it in the Hebrew, he says, there is no Satan. Satan can't mess with me. And, and I, I want to say this because I've heard Brad Ames say this before because that victory over Satan presupposes that God himself needs to have victory over Satan when Satan himself is a created being. And I'm paraphrasing you, Brad. But, but there is a place. You've probably, some of you know Francis Frangipane. My mom, like, helped me with him years ago. I mean, right when I was converted. You got to read this Francis Frangipane book. What was the name of it? You remember? The Place of Immunity. And she kept telling me, you know, son, there's a place of immunity. There's a place where your enemy cannot mess with you anymore. This is my task today because... I feel the Holy Spirit <laughs> telling me, you're on to it. You're tracking me. Let the paraclete come in and train and teach us, right? Let Holy Spirit take over my mouth, uh, take over my words. 
because I believe that what I'm tasked to describe today is that there is a star child company um, here in the end time that has no enemy. That there is a place in the Lord. Now, I'm, I'm not saying, I'm, I'm going to make this clear, because John said, don't say this, that, we're, that we have no sin. Because he says, if you say that, the truth's not in you and you're a liar. But I believe that there is a place because the writer of Hebrews said that we can be free and liberated from the consciousness of sin. So while we may yet be sinners, we're unaware of it. <laughs> Anyways, I think that's pretty cool. <laughs> I'm unconsciously aware. I, I didn't even know. And I, as far as I know, and Paul said this in 2 Corinthians 4, I believe, he said, I have, I have got my conscience into such a place that I am free from what anybody could say or think. As far as I know, before the Lord, my conscience is clean. I have a clear conscience, he says. And I, I believe that the text is set up like this in a way that you and I can be free in a way that even the Lord would say, that rascal has nothing in me. He can't play on me because there's nothing to play on anymore because Christ's life is living in us. I mean, Christ, the Christos of God is in Jesus, is so alive and radiating. Now he's without sin. Let's be clear that he's different than us on that way. But yet without sin, that Satan has nothing in him. And I want to hold up a standard because I believe the Lord has told me that you can live in such a way where God's resting so much with his throne in your life that you are, and I think Bill Johnson said, and I don't know if you like snakes, I don't like them either. I want to kill them all. Go like take the three to $500 and kill all those anacondas in the Everglades. My father-in-law was telling me about this last week. He's like, go. I was like, I don't like to do that. Kara's like, I would never want to do that. I was like, I'd love to go hunt some snakes and kill them all. You know, and, but above this line, and I believe in a, in a star child condition, I'm going to show you this in the text. We won't have an adversary. There is no Satan, the Satan. He doesn't exist there. I want to just show you something fast in Isaiah, and then we're going to jump into Revelation, and we're, we're going to move all over the place. He said this, and hear this, and I have a podcast called The Lucifer Appeal. You can listen to that if you want to go home and really take this, because I'm not going to do as much of this today, but if you take The Lucifer Appeal, you can listen to that, and it'll be really helpful. It's on um, Galactic Progeny on SoundCloud. He said, I will ascend into heaven. Uh, notice what he said. What was the first two words? I will. And what's the first word? And he had set himself up in his uh, primordial eye and put himself in the center. I will ascend into heaven. I want to mount up and scale into the heavens. I want to occupy the highest heavens. I want to probe and penetrate this kingdom of the infinite God, he wanted the highest position. He was, he was after that because I believe uh, Lucifer saw this as some kind of prize. Uh, think about this. I mean, if thus Satan or Lucifer sees this as something that's important and that he's, you know, he's going to be indicted off of this. But I mean, if he sees this as important, I think the implication is that 
it's possible that it's very important, seeing that he was the covering cherub. I mean, the guy that, the, you know, that was over the throne. If he's looking at, at this and saying, I'm setting, my, I'm setting my heart to this or my mind to this, this is what I want. It must have been important. Because I, I don't think he's a, the way he fools around and takes his little minions and fools around with people, I don't think that stuff really interests him that much. I mean, he's not like saying, I'm going to go and whatever, whatever. I mean, all the stuff that we get so focused on, um, he's not really, doesn't seem like that's where he's putting his emphasis. Uh, thus Satan, thus Satan, Lucifer, he's putting his emphasis, the adversary's putting his emphasis in a different place. His emphasis is in ascension. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. If the throne's not enough, if, if, or if, if God's throne's not enough, he's got to be above everything. He's got to be above the stars. Um, again, going on, I will sit upon the mount of the congregation. This mount of the congregation is called Harmageddon. It's called the mount of assembly. It's the place of the divine council. He wanted to sit in the divine council and run that thing. It was appointed unto the, the father runs that council. It's not for him to uh, run. Uh, and as I've talked to you about that council room before because I was dragged into it one time. Wasn't a pretty sight. Um, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. And then I will be like the most high. He wanted to be equal with God. He wanted to probably be God. But he's, uh, again, he's, he is uh, created. So he wanted, at the, at the base of this is, you know, I probably you know, is just pride. You know, plain and simple. Uh, someone had wrote that pride as like an acronym would be position, rule, idolization for dazzling equality. <laughs> Does that sound like our culture? <laughs> uh, the pride culture? I want position to rule with idolized dazzling equality. He's going to the lake of fire. That excites me. You know, and because the Lord this morning, and, and only the Lord can give an invitation to a people. I'm inviting you into this. I'm not, it's not I will. I can, we're not meant to position ourselves of, of something like this and go ahead and engage with it like that. no. His hands behind your back, the Lord himself making an invitation, but he's making this uh, invitation, speaking to me about this this week, and I thought that was really uh, fascinating, interesting to be invited in something I didn't know much about except for this. And I'm, let's move to Revelation uh, 12. Now, last week, last week at uh, Acts 2 and 144, you know, I went through the, the seven processes that we go through with the Lord, the invitation, the initiation, the designation, the probation, the conferral, the confirmation, and then the consummation. And in Collider, this consummation has lasted the last, up until yesterday, because they complete on the Sabbath, um, have lasted uh, for us a period of exactly when we finish the confirmation in Collider, this was, I, I just found this out this morning. I believe the Lord just highlighted this to me. It lasts exactly nine months to the day. 
We were in a consummation period, November 5th to August 5th, nine months to the day. And I, I, I was just a little blown away by that because I thought, I mean, with all the human elements involved and what we all go through, the Lord like nailed that thing. I mean, to even the exact day that it would be a complete, that he would complete a consummation. What is that? It was a gestation. And I, because before we came into the consummation period or the gestation period, many of you know this, we went through a confirmation period. And I mentioned this last week, but I want to say this to, to give us a point of reference today about what I believe is happening because the words, you need to give them a point of reference. I was, okay, we went through a confirmation period and in the first 20 weeks of that confirmation period, the Lord lays out this temple structure. And in the second 20 weeks of our confirmation period, he brings the double helix, which is the seed. It was the seed of Christ or seed of Abraham. If you have a temple feminine structure and you have a double helix seed structure and you put them two together, <laughs> what do you get? Conception. Nine months later, a baby's born. Exactly. Today marks the first day. <laughs> I was blown away yesterday because the Lord's like, I was like, this day is epic. He's like, oh, it's cosmically epic is what he told me. It's epic on a cosmic scale. Now, every time I like try to, I kind of dial it down a little bit. Like, is this some of that post-narcissism or Machiavellianism or psychopathy trying to rear its ugly head? No, it's cosmic epic. <laughs> nope, I did this. A man can take credit for it. I'm birthing something into the earth that's, that's, uh, that's brand new. A baby, a uh, star child. And today marks the first day of that star child's birth. And I, I have said this through the time, and I'm th thinking of you, Tom, because there's been times that we've been in these events that will pop up uh, through, the, uh, through the consummation period, receiving aspects. And I, I think that I thought, oh, the star child's born, you know, the man child's born. I've, I've said that. Oh, this star child's born. Finally, you know, he's born. And the Lord lets me know this morning that what was going on in that night, just go back through these because I want to give you a robust, what I believe, and you'll, you'll, same kind of wisdom that Solomon was receiving from having that, how do I say this? How do I say this word? This is what he said to me. He shared this with me 10 years ago, and I'm going to tell a little backstory, but he said, I'm going to, I want to put a Davidic heart in a Solomon's body. I, I want to take the full integrity of a heart after me and put it with the wisdom of his son. He said, if I could have had both of those together, we would have had full consummation. I would have had a fully consummated people and a, a star child, and it would have birthed something into the earth that, that would bring about, yes, uh, glorification. And and I didn't have that, the tragedy of the Solomonic era. The guy did a bunch of stuff he shouldn't have done, right? And, he, and I said, why, why, Lord? Because he, he said, well, I restored him in likeness, but not in image. The image was restored in David, David, a heart after me. The likeness was restored in Solomon. I want to put both of them together. 
harkens back even by Moses and Aaron. I didn't want a bifurcated, I didn't want a high priest and a king or I didn't want them apart. I wanted to put them both together so that I could give this into the soul of my uh, royal family. It's been the Lord's longing. Uh, this has been in his heart. And you, you know, the only way it was ever going to work, that it had to come through second Adam. It had to come through the Lord because someone had to pay, they had to pay the price with their life. A pure spotless lamb who is the lion of Judah had to pay a price, a purchase price for all of us. But what, to live so far beneath what we are? No. To live in some kind of like not knowing who we are and trying to make it every day and figure things. No. He paid for the full royal treatment for his sons and daughters. His blood has purchased everything for life and godliness for us. It's not some kind of partial salvation. It's a full one. I didn't want some partial thing. I didn't go give my whole life and make one supreme sacrifice so that you'd have some kind of partial salvation. I want, the, I want you to have the whole kit and caboodle. <laughs> and so in, back for a minute, we go through this consummation period uh, corporately uh, to produce uh, X2M and to produce Star Child and through it, uh, through the, uh, the seven visions, the first thing the Lord's after in, inside a star child is produce a progeny-like nature, a child. One of the, the, first, the first aspects that must be uh, received in the human soul is you can't enter in to the kingdom except you come, what? You're going to have to come fully dependent and vulnerable. This installation into the soul, um, into the soul was uh, primary and it came out of the first, the first set of visions with us, a uh, governor of the nations. The governor is a child. <laughs> uh, he wanted a childlike nature inside of us primarily right off the bat because you can't even proceed with the Lord and this is what happens. We couldn't even proceed forward unless that's the nature. I'm willing to... I'm willing to take my hands off and place all my trust in the Lord. I'm hands off. I'm willing to feel completely exposed. And uh, maybe I'm going to play around some too <laughs> and have a good time. Might as well. <laughs> it hadn't helped looking at all the problems, has it? Might as well play. <laughs> you know, y'all know what I mean, don't you? It's like, whatever. <laughs> I'm going to have a good time. Uh, I mean, that's kind of how a child is, right? They don't know, oh, well, we got to fix this and fix it. Might as well just have a good time. I've told the kids before, I said, eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die. <laughs> but anyways, let's have a good time doing it. <laughs> you know, if we're going to die, let's go down in fun. <laughs> you know, I don't know how many times I've said that to them. They're like, what? What do you mean, daddy? I don't know what's going to happen. I can't control anything. He's basically in charge. I don't know what he's going to do with us. And then what happens is what we moved into vision two, and then we move into, you know, there's multiple things here, but possessor. I want to bring you into possession. I don't want you to always be without, and I'm, I say this even in, in the natural realm. I possess that. It's not skipping out of my body now, but you, you're got, you reign, you know. 
I'm one of possessing people. I didn't want you to be all like, oh, man, this thing never works out. Like, come to me as a progeny and you will possess. You'll possess a kingdom. Number three, a builder of God's city, that progenitor, uh, spiritual offspring, which is going to come later because it's progeneration, uh, transfer across generations, and then uh, vision for a guardian of God's courts. A lot of the uh, leadership of the church say, you know, Zechariah 4, because that's, that's where it's at, Zechariah 4. All Zechariah, excuse me, Zechariah 3 is uh, vision 4. Zechariah 3, Zechariah 4 is everything. I'm going to tell you, it's so important to the Lord. And I don't think most, I think a lot of leadership is leading on the cuff getting into Zechariah 3. Uh, Joshua with dirty clothes and rebuke you, Satan, and, you know, that whole thing. And, you know, is he not a brand plucked from the fire? I think a lot, of, a lot of God's leadership have got into this, and, and, and there's, it's sort of a stumbling block almost because and the word that came out for us was promulgator, which means a lawgiver. And I think many have not received the grace of God and held the grace of God in vain, but are also submitting uh, sin of licentiousness behind everybody else's back. Because it said, Paul said, he said, shall I continue in sin any longer that grace may abound? What's he say? God forbids that. And I think there's a big sticking point right here. The Lord told me this thing sticks up really hard on the leadership of my church. It's leading with me. I said, oh, gosh. He said, they, they got public platforms and in private, they're doing all kinds of things. And he said, they can't take the church forward. I'm not going to I'm not going to even allow them into a deeper wisdom that could be ours. It's our, ours. You you can imagine God doesn't want to put light on someone who is a active lawbreaker. Why would he do that? I mean, someone who's like taking the grace of God in vain and doing whatever they want to do because they have position. It's a, a trap. I tell you the Lord that we would have the fear of the Lord. I mean, a healthy, I mean, as much of the fear of the Lord as he'd be willing to give us. I would, I, I want it. You want him to protect uh, your heart and look at idiosyncrasies of your heart and dig down into your motivations and even if they're 47 motivations back and deal with it. You want him to cleanse you with hyssop and wash you in the blood, but if you actively, actively are violating the known word of God and breaking, breaking what he said to do, don't think that he would make you a promulgator. Don't think for a minute that the Lord won't express his law through you. Remember when we had the little, everybody walked around under the shepherd's rod? That's that, that was that day. Bring them under the shepherd's rod. I was like, God help us if one of us is a liar or a thief. <laughs> you know, God help me if I'm doing, I mean, anything. I'm like almost like scared half out of my wits. It's not like that, but just like careful before a sovereign Lord, a lover like he is, not to fiddle around with him. And I, I think that you probably have felt this, especially among things that you've seen in the church world. It's so broad, it's so us advanced. And uh, far be it from this, you know, it'd be better to be struck dead, to be honest with you. Let God make a demonstration if he has to, like Ananias and Sapphira, and put fear of the Lord on the church. I mean, for real. 
Now, I'm serious about what I'm saying because, and I, and I want that same fire to come and um, deal with anything that doesn't look like him. You can see why the Lord wants to bring an anointing of power, which is what comes next, onto his temple people. And the word that came out of that is, I'm a procreator. I can create and I can procreate. Meaning that I can spread seed and see fruit and uh, transition in lives and healing in the human body. Um, some of these, uh, you can't click on my links because I've kept them. And this isn't like withhold. There's a lot of personal information on some of these. I've, I've sent this out to all of you. You can look at this in your notes. But some of them, because I've been, I have some highly developed tools in the protocol and the prototype side. The protocol came out during the uh, section I was just mentioning because the, the Lord will give that. Pro, he gave me a protocol, and um, and then there's a prototype of the way God deals with the blessing over our families, both in the way it relates with uh, lands, houses, material blessings, and then how it relates to your health. And um, there's a whole set sitting in this, and, and we will wait on the wisdom of God but, uh, to release it to, to you. I'll teach you the wisdom of the Lord that he taught me. It's phenomenal. And some of our leadership team have been taught some of this wisdom too, and there will be a time where we'll bring some of this out as the Lord leads. On to desolator of the apostate. Uh, it comes down to proprietor. And, and, I mean, the Lord's not just wanting to give you local land for your houses back at possessor and your own personal properties and things like that. He wants you to take a, he wants to give you like a, well, pro, this word here me, meant like someone who owns the government. <laughs> He's wanting to give governmental authority to his people. I mean, I'm talking about where you can enact and see it done out of, the, out of prayer and worship with him, out of Davidic worship. And then in the judge of the world, a prosecutor. And I've seen many of you remember that, but the perspicacity to have lightning fast wisdom to make decisions and prosecute situations. That's what happened, that, that we would have that kind of wisdom and make a decision and it enacts instantly into the natural. Listen to this. It says about the Lord, it says, and the Lord said, let there be light. And there was. <laughs> because you know what comes out of your mouth. If he puts power on that and you say the wrong thing, it's going to be the way you said it. And the Lord is so interested in setting things right in our hearts. He wants to give this and he is giving this to uh, his people. That's that's what's going on in this house. I'm I'm delivering on this. The words tell me I'm delivering this. You follow me all the way. I'll I'll give you this. And then on to uh, last Sunday potentate. You know, all powerful ruler. I I will give I will give government like this. And, and so again, uh, the 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 first part, the X, the structure. Out of that, the blue on that, or the last word was. Parousia, which means second coming. I'm going to deliver my nature, Christ in us, before the literal second coming into the saints. And I'm going to activate the saints as a progeny, a possessor, a progenitor, a promulgator, a procreator, a proprietor, a prosecutor, potentate. I'm restoring back my people. I'm giving you this kind of rule. This is incredible. 
He's like, welcome to the birth of star child. So let's go to Revelation 12. That was just my context to get warmed up for today. Now, we're ready. I was like, I can't even preach, Lord. I don't even, I have to build a small context. That's nothing really. I could stay here for 12 hours with you and I will not stop. I could take you through every little thing and we we would mind every little thing. It would be wonderful. (laughs) It might not be wonderful for you, but it might be. Revelation 12, because I believe this is what is interacting with us today and uh, there's a war in heaven. There appeared a great wonder in the heavens, a woman clothed with the sun, the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown of 12 stars. And she, being with child, cried, travailing in birth and and pain to be delivered. And there appeared another wonder in the heavens, and behold, a great red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns, seven crowns upon his head. His tail drew a third part of the stars of heaven and cast them to the earth. The dragon stood before the woman who's ready to be delivered for devour her child as soon as it is born. And she brought forth a uh, man-child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. Her child was caught up to God and to his throne. And let's reference back for a minute to Isaiah 66. It says, you know, very appropriate. There's, do you know how many books there are in the Old and New Covenant? 66. The 66th chapter opens our eyes here. To uh, Let's look at verse 5. Um, Hear the word of the Lord, ye that tremble at his word. Your brethren that hated you, that cast you out for my name's sake, said, let the Lord be glorified. But he shall appear to your joy and they shall be ashamed. A voice of noise from the city, a voice from the temple, the voice of the Lord that rendereth recompense to his enemies before she travailed. Why is this important before she travailed? You ever seen a baby be born before the woman even travailed? I'm clearly making a statement today that the birth of this child, this nine months, it was nine months to the day yesterday. This star child is in time and space, not a prophetic, but in time and space it is born. Is the major purpose of, I believe, even all of you that have been involved, even in this house, we call it because a Lineker said this, the Lineker said this, a Job 38, 6 through 7 house. This house, the house with the ones of you that began here there with us today, and then how this house is uh, the purpose, one of the primary stated purposes of this house, the Scroggs, the Mains, the Dillons, those of you who have been involved in, those of you who may be listening, I don't know, was to bring forth this star child. And today, today, with absolute precision from God. He has brought, he's brought this work into the natural uh, realm. 
it's uh, incomprehensible. It's beautiful. It's, it's him. It's glorious. It's glorious. Because the travail, the travail is coming. It's called the tribulation and the great tribulation. It will come, it will come after this. So she brought forth, before pain came, she delivered a man-child. You know, you've heard me uh, call this star child, and because the Lord told me to call it star child, not to violate scripture or anything, but because it says he's caught up to the throne in his God, he's caught up uh, to him. And then there's the passage out of Numbers chapter 24, verse 17, that deals with uh, Balaam's oracle, fourth oracle of, I see him, but not now. And it, it's because in the end time, Balaam was prophesying to Israel in the end of days. I see him as a star that will rise. And he was prophesying, I believe, seeing the second coming of the Lord. But that, and also, I want to say this because some people might get these passages confused a little bit. I really invite you, I've said this before, to look at T. Austin Sparks on the man, excellent uh, reason. I didn't prepare for this because this is sort of all new to me today. I would not expect this. I have other notes. <laughs> He says, who's heard of such a thing? Who's seen such things? Shall the earth be made to bring forth in one day? Or shall a nation be born at once? Forth. And I believe that's why the Lord said you will take the word star child and you will move this ministry into what he's calling to me, star caster. I was going around joking this morning with the guys. I was like, I got to blaster for the star caster. It's like hyper beam or something. I don't even know. Pulse beam fire. Blaster star caster. <laughs> so I was like, what is this? Uh, pulse beam radiation or something uh, to put this into uh, his people. Uh, the, call, uh, the calling forth of a, of a whole star child couple, uh, company. He brought us together for this. This is like, this is what we've been equipped for. Oh, that's what all of us are doing together. <laughs> oh, man, oh, it's going to be epic, cosmic epic. Shall I bring to birth and not cause to bring forth? Shall I not have a star child and not have a star caster? <laughs> you know, saith the Lord, Shall I bring forth and shut the womb, saith the Lord, saith the Lord God? Rejoice ye with Jerusalem, and be glad with her, all that love her. Rejoice for joy with her, all that have mourned with her. You may suck and be satisfied with the breasts of her consolations, that her milk may go out, and be delighted with the abundance of her glory. For thus saith the Lord, I will extend peace to her like a river and the glory of the Gentile like a flowing stream and you will suck and you, and you will be uh, born upon her sides and be dandled upon her knees. As, who, as a one whom the mother comforted, so I will comfort you and you will be comforted in Jerusalem. And when you see this, the star child born, Rejoice. 
and your bones shall flourish like, a, flourish like an herb. The hand of the Lord, what does he mean here that you will flourish like a herb? What does he mean? And I, I believe this gets to back last week. Uh, so I want to pick up a little bit with this because there's, um, I know this is like awesomeness. Like I, I know. So uh, I said, I said, the Lord, I said, how do I, uh, how do I switch this thing over? I mean, what are we, what's this going to look like? Because the consummation is over. I mean, uh, baby's born. We got a star child born. It's like a idiom or something. Be on your uh, P's and Q's. <laughs> that means to behave yourself. <laughs> Starcaster Blaster. <laughs> Got this thing ready. Hypergenerational or something. <laughs> Last week, I, and I shared this with you uh, because this is the fruit of a progeny. This is the fruit of, um, I'm getting ahead of myself, but this is the fruit of, of the progeny. It was 10 years ago, 2013, Monday morning. Let me see. I think I put the date in here. It was um, the 2nd of December, 2013. Um, it come after one of our uh, services with MZ Hop. Or sitting there, the Lord says to me, uh, just like as clear as day, I'm going to kill Adonijah. And I was like, thank. I mean, all right. <laughs> this is our uh, Monday morning. You know, it's not like, you know how you're kind of feeling sorry for yourself on Monday. Well, if you've ever been... Well, I don't feel that way anymore, but I used to. It's like, oh, man, that servant, oh, man, that was hard, and this didn't work out and all that stuff. And, and he's like, I'm going to kill Adonijah. <laughs> Thanks. You know, I don't feel sorry for you. I'm going to kill somebody. <laughs> I was like, wow, I'm going to kill Adonijah. And that, so I had to go look it up, and Adonijah means uh, my master I am. And um, so what I did is I went into my uh, Google and I typed in my master I am. And uh, this poem comes up called Invictus. And you know, at the very end of that, he says, I'm the master of my fate. I'm the captain of, I'm the, captain of my, I'm the master of my soul, whatever. I'm, I'm the master guy. And I'm taken over to uh, the movie Invictus. And it was about Nelson Mandela. And the Lord said, yeah, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to kill that guy. Because you don't believe me. I was like, well, that poor guy's going to die because I don't believe you. He's like, you don't believe me. I said, you don't know what I'm doing here. And I was like, um, obviously. <laughs> and that was Monday morning. Mandela was dead on Thursday. And that was a big deal for me because he said, I'm gonna, he told me this. He said, I'm going to give you a global sign for a global work because you think this is some kind of little thing and you're trying to go pastor this little church and do all this stuff. He's like, I'm, I, I'm going to show you how you're going to stay the course through the next season because this, this became like really important. But he said, I said, what do you want me to do? You know, he said, pioneer for a glorified body. And I said, you're going to use human agency for that, which is kind of funny. But uh, he said, I always use human agency. I mean, what are you talking about? You know, of course. And I'm, I'm reading G.K. Bill's book on New Testament, one of the Testament theologies, and I got it peeled open, and I'm reading about end times events and that he's got in there out of Genesis 49, and that's a whole other story. Brad Ames comes in, talks to me. We have this amazing conversation. I don't know if you remember it, but I do. I remember the substance and thought of our conversation. It was really 
fascinating to me. And the Lord says to me, he says, if you think that things have been hard, they're going to get way worse. I was like, this is great. This is my day. <laughs> it's going to get terrible, he said. For a period of time of your life, it's going to be the hardest time of your life. And uh, stay with me, though. I'm, get, I'm going to kill this guy. You'll know I'm talking to you. Stay with me because I want to deal with something. And I want to share with you what I believe uh, now I understand. The 10 years did get really hard. It was very difficult. It was probably the hardest days of Karen's life. But I didn't understand that what the Lord was doing. And um, now I, I see this uh, clearly. And I want to point this out. Adonijah was uh, David's son, not unlike Absalom. And he wanted a position of king. He had planned on uh, taking, taking up that position. And he does. He, he goes and he sets himself up to be king. And, um, um, and this is a really dramatic story. I mean, it's, it's very dramatic. Uh, and I, I, I can't do all the drama on it, uh, but it would be a really cool drama. <laughs> but David's going to his death. Solomon is the one he said, you, you're to be king. His, his brother says, no, I'm going to be in charge. And, of course, I, hopefully you know the story, but what you call that technically is succession. I'm military trained, and every time we have a a commander, a change of command, they'll bring in one commander and they'll put the other commander there. And then um, they basically do this, what's called a change of command ceremony. And it's, it's big pomp and circumstance. I mean, everybody's dressed up. It's, it's a big deal. Change of command are big deals. And, and that's what here in kingship is a big deal. It's, it's succession. It's what it's called. And, um, and this guy, Adonijah, the master guy, the guy that wants to be in charge, the guy that wants to run the show, my master I am, the Lord said, I hate that. I hate that characteristic uh, to me. And, and he says to me, and I hate that characteristic in you. And I, I said, oh, man, don't kill me, Lord. You know, please don't kill me. He said, and I hate this characteristic in my leadership of my people, to my people. And he said, but all these little people going around think they're in charge. And it's sort of almost laughable in a way, but I mean, it's kind of serious. He's like, you know, what's he doing? You know, David said, that's the king of Israel. He's 70 years old, 69, 70 years old. That's going to be my heir. That's a successor. What are you doing? You're, that's not a good decision to make. And then, you know, remember, three guys defect. Joab defects. The, the, the guy that's running the army, the high priest, Abathar, defects, not fully, but defects. And there's this big defection that happens. And these guys are like, we're going with Adonijah. He's like, you're an idiot. I mean, if ever, you're, Matthew says, don't, don't call people idiot because Matthew says not do that. But that guy's an idiot. And the Lord speaks this to me like internal audible. He says, I will not have, I'll tell you something. I don't really care if a bunch of people think they're in charge of my church or they think they're in charge of whatever, these different divisions and departments all over this world. I don't give a flip about that. But I'll tell you what, you mess with my bride and I'll come after you and I'll kill you. <laughs> the Lord said this to me. 
And that's what Solomon does. He kills uh, Adonijah, not because he set himself up to be king, because he wanted to sleep with the Shulamite. And, and the Lord said, don't mess with my bride. Project power in the wrong way and do all these things. And you, you manipulate my people. I will not have it, man. I hate that. I mean, the word's like coming down my throat, man, uh, my neck. And I'm like, I'm not going to live, you know. And he's like, that's what I hate because of the corruption that happened with Mandela. He's like, I hate that. You know, that guy, first thing he does, he legislates for abortion and uh, pro-homosexuality. He's covenant breaker, double down covenant breaker. And the Lord hates anything that breaks covenant. I'm telling you, he's like fierce about it. At least he's been that way with me. I don't know how he's treated you. But he don't like it. <laughs> I mean, he don't like it. And so he's like, I don't want leadership like this. And, I, you know, I was, uh, was going to turn 38 that next year. And I'm kind of like struggling because the Lord had told me, you know, these things that will happen. I'm going to set up a kingdom and I'm, I'm going to use you in leadership and stuff like that. And I said, okay, but nothing was happening the way he had told me it would happen back then. And I was really, really thinking, and I don't, this is just another little application for you that what God has said to me was not, in fact, my experience. <laughs> Anybody else know what I'm talking about? <laughs> and that is really annoying just to say. You know, because I'm like, let's shrink space-time. Bring this thing into now. And you jump up and down and tell it to come into now. And I'm, in the name of Jesus, be now. <laughs> it's like, it's just, what the heck is going on here? And, sorry, Dad. But don't say, don't, please don't whoop me. But, you know, it's like, I didn't say go to hell. I didn't say that. <laughs> and remember, I said it, I said it to the Lord. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I've got to run like Leander does. <laughs> he, he runs from me now. <laughs> there he goes. I was like, you better come back here, uh, uh, little guy. Won't you talk to your mama like that again? Whatever. And uh, I want, you know, you want what the Lord is saying to you to be present tense, right? You want to see it come in, um, you know, let heaven come to earth, like, right now. I don't want to be, like, waiting all the time, and if it don't happen, oh, my gosh, I'm getting tired of this. You know, anybody know what I mean? Now I have y'all's attention. I've, I put Steve to rest a minute ago, but he's back alive. <laughs> is resting in faith over there. It's the rest of faith. <laughs> He's like, man, I'm inheriting the promise. It says, labor, therefore, to enter into my rest. <laughs> That's why if you ever fall asleep in here or close your eyes, trust me, I'm okay with it. It's okay. Even if the whole congregation gets put to sleep. Uh, uh, Michael Collins last week, he's laying on a chair like this. I was laughing. I was thinking, that guy's down for the count. The Lord's retooling him. So uh, last week when we were down at the beach, uh, we're driving, and I, I get something from the Lord, is, uh, or not from the Lord, but maybe it's from the Lord, but it was a Publix app, you know, and it pops up and it says, happy halfway to your birthday, which would be 47 and a half for me. And the Lord just comes in and speaks to me. He said, I'm cutting 10 years off your life. And I thought, that's what, that's subjective. You know, that's me. I was just like, 
I was like, of course I'm thinking Thor's will cut 10 years off my life. I, was, I never thought it, though, to be honest with you. I didn't. And I was like, I told Kara, and she looks at me with that look, the look that a lot of guys don't like, but she's kind of smirking at me like, you're having a crisis, Carol. <laughs> it's going to be okay. Your reality is not matching with what the things that you want to see, and I'm sorry, you know. <laughs> I'm like, no, it's not, you know, and you want to, and then you, what are you going to say? Tom knows exactly what I'm talking about. It's like, I want to tell you, I'm, tell you, I'm just going to be quiet. <laughs> I can't justify myself in front of her. <laughs> you know, she ain't going to believe it anyways. Amazing, honey, don't you know? <laughs> Anybody else know what I you know, Be quiet. Um, anyways, uh, he says, the word says, Says it, and I, so I have them having my star child challenge, and I'm going and looking up scripture text and stuff, and I'm looking for all the verses related to aging and like how you get your age cut down. And there's nine of them in the Bible, and I read them all, and not one of them like resonate with me because I found this verse in Psalm 61 6 um, a couple years ago when we were at the YMI. And I remember Stephen, he's leading worship, and I'm up there, and the words like, go to Psalm 61. And I look down and I read Psalm 61, 6. And um, this is all going to make sense because I, I have to make sense on, on this for you to, be, to show how this works, uh, what the Word's doing. Um, and I think, I think that you'll love this, honestly. Um, again, you can't have this unless you're a progeny, unless you're a child. I just want to be clear because... It, it was Solomon saying, I, I want to have an ear towards you or to hear you for the people. And he says, but I'm a little child. Solomon said that, and he said, I don't know how to rule this great nation. That was access for God to say, well, because you didn't ask me for riches, long life, and for the head of your enemies, I'm going to give you all three of them. Do you see what? Do you see the wisdom? You have to have a nature of a little child to receive uh, these things. So... The Adonijah master guy, he can't receive this message. The guy that's the professional and he's got whatever, you know, and, or even the guy that throws his hands up in the air and I don't care. That guy, they can't receive this message because you come to him um, like a little child does. I believe you, Papa. You're a good father, you know, uh, like little children do when they play. And so this message is all comes off that. I don't want to be clear about that. Because this isn't our pursuit is anti-aging. Our pursuit is the Lord and to be known and to know him. Okay, so 61.6 says, oh, oh, I gave up trying to seek the word. The Lord takes me to Psalm 61.6, his own way. And this is how I know. I knew that he was talking to me. Because out of all the verses in the Bible, he takes me to 61.6. And in the way he talks to me, Thou shalt prolong the king's life and his years as many generations or several generations. And you may ask yourself, why does this matter? And, oh, let me highlight one more thing. Last week in the event, before the event, the Lord said, I said, you want me to do Psalm 61? He said, no, I want you to do Psalms 21. So I opened up Psalms 21. And I, I'm going to demonstrate this because you, you need to hear this because this is like cosmic epic. But I, I looked down at 21.4, and he said, you asked him to sustain his life, and you've granted him long life and an enduring dynasty. 
and I'm using NET, and I look down in NET after Dynasty, and I look down, and there it is, Psalm 61.6. He says, give it to the people. I, I want to put on my people this, and namely this. Stephen and I talked about this. I want to put on my people a Davidic heart and a Solomonic wisdom. I want to take the fruit of what is born into nations inside of one person. Why? Because I don't know if, Stephen said this too, he's hilarious. He's like, I'm getting older, man. <laughs> You're like 43. No, you feel this. I don't know if some of you know what I'm saying, but you feel like God spoke this word into my life and I'm yet to see it performed. I'm looking for something. I've, I've been waiting on the Lord. I've been faithful to him. I've done everything he's asked me to do. I've, I've, been, um, I've, done, I've done everything and I've, I've said yes to him over and over and over again. Lord, my life is coming towards a... It's, it could be closing now soon. Am I going to see a fulfillment? And I haven't necessarily, and for some of you, this may be a pain and may not be for some of you, but I haven't even been able to transmit what's happened to me onto my own child. My children have, are not picking it up. They don't know the times of prayer that I was in. They don't know when I was in my those private places, I can't give it to them. I, when I was saying yes to him, they were running around and doing their thing. And even today, maybe some of them are running around and doing their thing and it breaks the human heart. So I, I want them to know about your greatness and I can't seem to transmit it over to the next generation. I don't know if some of you have this pain. And that's a pain that's hurtful. And I don't know that pain, but I know some of you because I know you have felt this pain. I want my baby to know what I'm experiencing with you. It's amazing. It's very seldom that you ever see a child ever exceed their parents in, in the spiritual development. But it's also equally true that some kids just go and do their own thing no matter what you've done, no matter how faithful you've been. And it's hurtful and it's hard and put a transgenerational blessing inside of you. What if he could wrap up the, the seed and the egg that came out of you and put it back in you and transmit a blessing out from you? This is what he's sharing with me. And you, it, here's the problem. He's like, um, your, your generation can only mine the depths of God so much without it completely wearing you out. I mean, because any of you that have walked with the Lord, you know that the adversity and the difficulties and things that you faced, if you thought that the next generation had to face some of the things that you faced in your pursuing God, they, they just couldn't handle it. Is it not true? If you were to go put on them like, uh, you're going to have to not know where your next meal comes from, kid, uh, to trust him. You're going to have to not know where your, you're, you're going to have to walk with him. They say, no, nah, man, I'm not doing that. I just, I don't want to. I'm going to go do my own thing. And I think so many people uh, would do that. But what if, what if God, and I, I believe this is what he was sharing with me is, because he told me this back then. I want to put a Davidic heart into a Solomon's body. I want to put a transgenerational 
I want to put a blessing on my people where I can put both together and I can produce something that is unprecedented that because because God is line upon line and he moves like that in his glory, your human development can only process so much. But what if I could just, um, what if I could reverse everything that you've been through, through time? Let me clarify this. It doesn't mean necessarily that God takes you back, let's say in, to 10 years ago unless the, uh, the old self is ejected out and everything you've gained in Christ is given to you with like you're 10 years younger in this case. And I said, Lord, you can do that to a human. He's like, of course I can. I can increase your telomere length. I created it. I can completely give you all the fullness of me in your present body, heal your body, restore you back, and make you charge ahead with everything that you had years ago. I can restore, uh, like Kara was said, Joel 2.25, and restore what the canker has stolen from you. I can restore a people back. But here's the thing. Your restoration is commensurate upon you receiving my very nature. And, you know, everybody in here, you know when it clued off to you that Davidic worship was so primary in your life. Remember? Remember? When you realize that these worship sets, how amazing they are and how necessary they are and needful they are to develop in God, you, it became aware to you that you knew that kumbaya wasn't working. <laughs> it just wasn't taking you up into the heavens. You know, so it wasn't taking me into it, I'll tell you that. I never liked half of those songs. I still don't. I ain't going anywhere with the Lord in that. My human development is snapped, sapped, no development because I'm bored out of my mind <laughs> with the religious system. I hate it. A Davidic heart over you inside of a Solomon's body. I want, I, Lord, tell me, I, this is part of this whole X2M. is part of what's going to go out into the nation for as many as will receive it. I will res give you full image restoration. I will give you full likeness restoration. I will cause something here to happen historically um, in your life. I'm going to cause it to be this way. I speak from the Lord. You will behold the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. It's just that you went on with him in a way that most people just do not. You went on and you said, I, I don't want just a Pentecostal experience. I want you, Lord. And I'm going to tell you, that's commensurately different. And you know, the Lord, he, he, uh, he doesn't hold back on people like that. Now, he's been forming his very own nature in you. And he's good, he's good on it. Uh, let's stand together. He, he knows. He knows how to bring a restoration. I... Um, into, into, into your life and cause the things that you have believed for him that, that you know that he has spoken to your life to bring them into being because of the light of the glory of God is operating through your own person. In that way, in that way, uh, How's our enemy supposed to deal with that? 
I mean, he's expecting, he's expecting the saints to die off. We get one saint and uh, well, we'll have to kill him or they'll have to die off. The Lord's doing something in this time. A generation that will not die. A generation that will not see death. A generation that will hold the line and everything you've gained in the Lord in your life will stand upon the ground right now and proclaim the glory of the Lord in the transgeneration because you receive the full reality of what is a Davidic heart and a Solomonic body. That you would be filled with a complete heart of integrity like David, a heart that loved him, this passionate that bleeds for God. And you would have the wisdom to know how to execute on that. This is God's great design and desire and longing. And he has done it. You know, um, if your soul has been cast down, cast up, <laughs> cast up into the heavens, cast up, cast up into the heavens. There's one that's meant to be cast down to the ground, that evil adversary. There's one that in this generation that will triumph over. There's one that's already been triumphed over because of the blood of the lamb who is a lion. A star child, it says, is caught up to God and to his throne. out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against that dragon. That dragon, and they fought back. That dragon was not strong enough to prevail. There's no longer any place for him left in heaven for him and his angels. That huge dragon, that ancient serpent, the one called the devil, the Satan, who's deceiving the whole world thrown down to the earth his angels along with him and I heard a loud voice in heaven saying salvation and power kingdom of our God the ruling authority of his Christ has now come accuser of our brothers and sisters the one's been accusing them day and night before our God thrown down They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimonies. They didn't love their lives, listen, so much that they were afraid to die. Why? Because of the regenerator. The regenerator. Generating life in us. The regenerator. We're not afraid to die because we can't. Do you know what you have? Uh, you know what, Adam, if he'd have come through probation and he'd have passed it, he'd have lived forever. 
you know what I'm saying from the Lord? That if he frees you from the consciousness of sin, you live forever. You know why? Because you can eat from the tree of life and you will not be in perpetual ruin of sin. Oh, we're on it. We're on this path. Oh, man. That's why Isaiah said it. He said, he said it. I'll read it again to you. Isaiah was seeing it in the 66. He was seeing it right there. He was saying, uh, hey, listen, rejoice. He said, uh, where is it here? And your bones shall flourish like an herb. <laughs> they believe it. Bone marrow. Healing in your body. The very marrow inside your bone. The Ezekiel. The Joseph. The the Moses light of the glory of God inside the marrow of your very own frame. The light of God. I mean, this is what you mean by quantization, Lord. <laughs> I'm quantizing myself. I'll have a quant nation. I'll cause a, a transfiguration inside of your very own body. And I'll heal the very marrow of your bone and restore the blood system, everything inside of you, out of the soul, out of the soul of life. Generator. Those of you that didn't get to play as a little kid, play again. Play, play, play. Mm -hmm. Enjoy your life. This is eternal life from the eternal covenantal God. Everlasting God. Hasid God. Oh, your loving kindness is better than life. Loving kindness, Lord. We receive the love of God who was made for love. I was created for you, Lord. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord and give him praise.
for communion.
you receive his transgenerational blessing? received him he gave you the right to be called the sons and daughters of the Lord as many as receive him he'll give you everything we receive you as you are Exactly like you are. We like you the way you are, Lord. This bread is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of the Lord. shall not drink wine until I come into my kingdom. He said, this is the blood of the new covenant which is poured out for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Yeah, I, this morning, Frank Dazelski, he wrote me, he says, does it say, may the Lord bless you? And I went and looked it up. No, sir, I stand soundly corrected. It does not say, may the Lord, like, would you please, or I'm going to give you the blessing of the Lord. The Lord bless you. <laughs> the Lord keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and in you. <laughs> The sovereign Lord give you peace. Let it be done and let it be so. Bless the name of the Lord. Bless the Lord of my soul and it's all that's within me. Bless his holy name. You're the one, you're the one who deserves all the glory. Bless you, Jesus. you, Lord. Honor and power and dominion. All authority to you. Take it on you.
promise. And I am his promised bride. And I'm destined to wear white. And my chest is full of hope. And the dress and veil as snow. He said he'd come for me, he'd know when I'm ready. And my heart is aching for the coming of the Lord. I must get ready now. And I must get ready now I must get ready now for behold my bridegroom comes oh I must get ready now I must get ready the night. 